Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Hello. Oh, you went deep for some reason, Forrest. That was nice and weird. Thanks. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you're, you're, you don't usually do that with your voice. No. Yeah. No, no one usually tells me these things. See, usually when I mess up the intro or something, Seth calls me out. But you usually say howdy or something. Yeah. And you went, like, deep. Man. So I... <laughs> Talk about repetition, and it's because repetition has been part of my gaming life in the past week. Last week, I told everyone that I was playing Bloodborne, and I haven't given up on it, which I'm very proud of. I am only two bosses deep on it. I finished, I beat the second boss today, right before we started recording. It was a very good run. It was. I was there for it. I was very proud of myself. So, Seth, in Bloodborne, let me explain to you the game. Because I, I'm also. I know ex- what the game is. No, no, no. Let him. Let me explain. Because there's also people. There's no. also people out there let that him. maybe haven't played it. Okay, well, so, explain to them. I've played it. So, Seth, in Bloodborne. I've played the game. <laughs> when you. Instead of a parry. Or like a block, you have your dodge. Yes, I so understand. So, and also, in, instead of a block or parry, you shoot your gun to interrupt the combo and open them up to a special attack. So, I did not fully get that until literally it finally clicked in my head today. So, I've been kind of brute forcing some stuff. But this boss I've been fighting, Father Gascione, that I think that's how you say him. Gascoin? Gascoin? I have no clue. Um, but I I finally I wrecked him. And it's because I figured out his attack pattern and used the gun to interrupt it and open him up to these special attacks. And so the special attacks don't use up your stamina like your normal attacks do. And they also do large chunks of damage, which is freaking great. So now I'm excited. I think I've figured it out, um, at least for now. Apparently, I, I read uh, Kirk Hamilton, formerly of Kotaku. He wrote a great, before you play Bloodborne, read this guide, or maybe don't. And I really tried to play as long as I could without reading it. And finally, I broke down. I was like, I'm pretty stuck. I need to read this thing. And I looked at it and it does, I will, I will be honest. I'm glad that I didn't read it at first because a lot of the game really depends on you learning your environment. Um, Seth, did Sekiro have a mini map? Um, I don't recall. Okay. So Bloodborne doesn't at all. You kind of have to memorize where things are which is very much a thing I don't do in video <laughs> games. And so luckily, like, the dying and repetition has made me remember these areas and remember the paths I need to take um, because I'm dying and I have to go back to the area. And so it, I'm learning this, this world very intimately. It's really great. I am loving it. I also have to keep... You should hear me when I'm playing this game, Seth and Forrest. <laughs> 
I have to keep telling myself I'm having fun. I'm like, this is fun. I like this, but I'm getting mad. And so like Marianne is sitting there watching me play this game. She doesn't like watching me play it because she gets very anxious because things are jumping out at you from nowhere sometimes. Very Uh, ugly, scary things. Very ugly, (laughs) scary things. Um, There's animal violence in it a little bit. Like there's uh, rabid dogs. And I just got done before this other boss. There was a giant sewer pig I fought. Really weird stuff in this game. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) it... It, I have to keep reminding myself, I'm having fun. I'm scared, but this is fun. And I, I am. I'm genuinely really enjoying it and starting to figure out the game. Seth, I also found out, I was telling Forrest about this earlier, that um, they the game lets you pick from four weapons in the beginning. and mm-hmm. I know, of, I've played it. <laughs> okay, I forget that you, I, I don't know how much you remember. You played it like seven years ago. Yeah, that's true. a long it's time. A Please continue acting like he knows nothing. <laughs> and so I pick the the axe, which um the, so it lets you pick between a cane, an axe, a saw blade type thing, and I think another saw blade type thing. Like there's two saw blades. And the in the Kirk Hamilton article he says, if there's one thing I can tell people, maybe pick the saw blade the the faster one and that one's called the whirly gig it's and it's (laughs) it's faster than what i have and he mentions the axe is kind of hard to get used to at first well i pick the axe without knowing that that is the hard weapon to start with and so now i've gone back and gotten those other weapons and it's difficult for me to use them because i'm used to using the slow axe and the attack timing for that and so it's interesting The game also does a great job of teaching you how to play it as you're playing it. And so at first it sprinkles a couple of enemies at you and it teaches you one-on-one combat. And then it eases you into an area with a mob of enemies. So you have to learn how to attack a swath of people, like 15 instead of just one or two. And And then the enemies get bigger and they have different combos. And I... I'm having a lot of fun with the game design and the world. And I'm honestly having way more fun with the game than I was expecting to. So Bloodborne is great and it's only $20. And we're at the end of this console life cycle and you need to play it. If you have not played Bloodborne yet, please, everyone go out there and play this game because it's really good and I came to it too late and I feel bad. But <laughs> now I feel like I'm... I'm really primed up for that Bloodborne 2 announcement, possibly, that's going to happen, maybe. And I'll be hype for it. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be very nice. (laughs) Uh, I also got my Nintendo Switch back. It finally came back on Monday afternoon. And it had all my games and stuff on it. So I'm very happy about that. They just replaced the screen, from what I can tell. And so... I got back and I played Mario Kart. I didn't play any of the new stuff because I knew that if I jumped into Kentucky Route Zero or something, I would stop playing Bloodborne. And yeah, so I'm going to stick with Bloodborne for a little bit longer until I start something else like that. Because I don't, I, I am really enjoying it and I don't want to lose track in the middle. So that's that's been my gaming. I know I kind of droned on for a bit there, but... You know, it's it's been really fun, and I I I 
I kind of wish you would go back and play it, Seth, but I don't think you, I don't know if you will. That seems unlikely. Yeah. It's so good. It's, I've, I've, some games are just in the past and that's where they stay. Yeah. And I, that's fair. Yeah. And I respect that, but I just like, it's so good. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for apparently one of these next upcoming bosses that I'm going to fight is like the uh, make or break boss. Like if you don't get the game, you're not like if you're not able to get past this boss, it's it's the uh, you know, it's the true test if you can kind of yeah. keep going. It's where you so. become one of the big boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm excited. I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, Seth, what have you been playing? Um, I have continued to dabble in Watch Dogs 2. Um, uh. There's actually, it turns out, a bunch of really cool, like, side missions that I guess I never did when I first had it. Um, so that's fun to kind of uh, find some stuff and, and some content that I had not uh, previously experienced. Um as, and it's, I guess, not surprising in a, in a Ubisoft game where everything, every little, every single inch of the map is covered with something. Uh, you know, you're bound to miss stuff. Um, yeah, of course. So that's been, that's been fun. Um, let's see. I've also, uh, I've played, I've played a little bit of this game Sea Salt. Um, it's this, uh, little indie game that is on Game Pass. Um, it's this kind of, um, top down, um, it's one of those games where you're, you're put into these little rooms that have a certain amount of enemies that you kind of have to, that you have to kill to move on to the next room. Um, so sort of, uh, like a Binding of Isaac type deal, but, but like the, the, the rooms are much larger in scale. Um, so it's not like a one-to-one thing, but that's sort of, you can get the idea that, um, you're in a confined space with a certain amount of enemies that you have to fight. Um, uh, the setup of the game, it's, it's, uh, very Lovecraft inspired. Um, you control various, um, denizens of the deep and kind of horrific monsters and stuff. Um, and the premise is that you are a, um, sort, I don't know if you're a follower follower or whatever you play sort of like this, um, follower of this, uh, cult of Dagon. Um, and there's like, it's in this world, there's this huge church set up that worships this, you know, kind of Lovecraftian elder god, uh, and they, you know, sacrifice people to it. But then one day, this guy, Dagon, he decides that he wants the bishop of this church to sacrifice himself. And the guy's like, Ooh. um, sir, surely you're, you can't, you must be mistaken. Uh, and so then he refuses to do it. And so then you take control of, of all these monsters and you just, um, blast through this town, 
it's like a little seaside area hunting down all the the people that are involved in this church uh, this evil church uh to be um specific uh it's pretty fun and there's a lot of you know there's a bunch of different units that you can you can recruit and there are um there are different like ways in game to keep adding different units um to so it's always like it, you're never approaching scenarios with the same amount with the same thing uh it's pretty fun it's not super complex but it's it's um gratifying to play it's 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 fun and it's got like some nice uh kind of um chunky feel to it oh chunky yeah <laughs> it's good i'm i'm enjoying it sweet all right um i've seth i forgot to mention i'm playing a mobile game but it also is a console game if you look at the things it's come out on mm, but i think you would like it uh it's called uh reigns have you heard of this oh yes i have yeah um i i don't think i'm very good at it but i the, have been uh, playing it the tinder game it it is the tinder game you swipe left or right wow. and you uh you're a king or queen i bought the combo pack so i could play Reigns or Reigns Her Majesty, which is the queen. There's one. also a Reigns Game of Thrones. Yeah, I skipped out on that one. Good. Um, but I believe that all my choices would be better than anything that was in season seven. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, not it's a, not a high bar to yeah. to leap over. Right. <laughs> so it uh, it's fun. It's a good game. Nice. I like it a lot. Yeah. <sighs> Forrest, David. you have started playing a game that you and Seth know a decent to a lot about. Yes. And so I'm going to silently bow out for a second, maybe ask some questions, but you tell us about what you have been playing. So I, uh, as of this recording, uh, the Mega Man Zero and ZX Legacy Collection came out yesterday, uh, Tuesday, February 25th. And I have started, I'm, I'm starting from the beginning, and I'm going to play through Zeros 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then ZX and ZX Advent. And I'm going to try and get those beat on, like, at least one per week, if not, like, two or three per week, because the Zero games are really short. But anyways, so, the Zero series takes place, like, hundreds of years after the Mega Man X series, um, in in this world that's like even worse than the X uh, timeline, even worse than the X timeline is, you know? So in the X timeline or in the X games, you had these uh, basically these robots being made called Reploids, which were just highly evolved androids. They could think and feel their own things. And anyone, any Reploid that like went crazy was considered a maverick. And so in the Zero series, um, apparent it is it is said that Mega Man X, the the hero of the previous series, is running this city, this like mega city that's like the last bastion of humanity on Earth, um, called Neo Arcadia, and he is apparently uh, uh, how do I how do I word this? He is 
He is wrongfully accused. I did. Huh? I said, figure (laughs) it out. I yeah, did. Well, uh, yeah, 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 I was about to. He is wrongfully accusing a bunch of Reploids of being Mavericks and is basically executing them, which doesn't sound in line with the Sounds X. Sounds exactly that, like Classic X. It's a Classic the, X. The pacifist. Classic pacifist X being a horrible dictator. Um, so this, these, uh, this group of rebels uh, basically goes to find Zero who is the red reploid wielding a really cool green saber from the It's not X actually series. a reploid, technically. Technically, you're right. <laughs> I'm just so glad we're getting another Mega Man history lesson. Oh, man. I <laughs> There's I mean, a lot. All reploids are based off the designs of Mega Man X. Whereas Zero They are replica androids. X. Yes. Zero is technically not a reploid because... He, was he is, in fact, a robot master. Yes. <laughs> Which, if you remember from the three episodes... I'm pretty art, sure we've gone over this. Yeah. <laughs> so Forrest has played the first one, I'm or pl- is playing the I, first I'm one. I'm playing through the first one right now. I played through them, through them all before. I grew up playing these games, uh, so I, I love them to death. The, the Zero and ZX games are some of my favorites of all time. But, like, man... It's really dated. And so the problem with putting a Game Boy Advance game uh, into the modern era of gaming and not um, not kind of like pulling the camera back a little bit, if you know what I mean, because, you know, the Game Boy's got a small screen and there's only so much, so much screen real estate uh, you could take up. So... The problem that, like, even some of the Sonic Advanced games had was that the camera is too close in on the player character, and you have enemies and, like, obstacles coming from off screen that just feel like they come out of nowhere, and you get no warning about them. Uh, that's still a problem with this re release, unfortunately, and it really dates the game uh, from a, in, like, a moment to moment basis, and enemies do a lot of damage. Uh, the one thing I am thankful for is that they've revamped the save game system. There is an auto save um, feature to where, and you can toggle it on or off if you want. I don't know why you would put it off. Zero one is really unforgiving. You're gonna die a lot. Put that auto save feature on. Save yourself the hassle. Um, it like it 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 saved me a lot tonight. Like I would. Like, David was hearing me uh, earlier tonight. I was getting frustrated, but I would have been so much more livid if I had to, if I was hitting a game over every single time I died, you know, and had to go back to, like, the the start screen and load up from the beginning of the mission. But with this autosave feature, I'm loading up. Like, I'll die, and I'll load up immediately right before the boss room. So it's, it's easy, it's peasy. It's lemon squeezy. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm playing through that. That's fun and difficult. And then I also uh, <laughs> got Devil May Cry 3 for the Switch because I'm a sucker for DMC. Also, they've, I think we talked about it on here, but they've added in some new features with that that you can style Switch now on the fly. Um, like you can with uh, DMCs 4 and 5 when you're playing as Dante. 
um, you have an option with that too, just like you kind of have an option with the Mega Man Zero collection. You can choose to play DMC3 the original way. Don't know why you would. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. And it's nice for people who want that original experience, but like style switching is so much fun, especially especially in a game that it was not meant to be put into. It, it The game is still difficult and it's still challenging, but like... I feel like it's a lot more fun now because I'm not constrained to one style. So I'm not constrained to one move set, you know? It's a lot more freeing. It's a lot more enjoyable. It it's still the same good old DMC action that I know you and I love. Indeed. Yeah. I love Devil May Cry. But yeah, I don't know if I could go back and play that game. That's fair. That's really fair. But <laughs> I'm glad that you're carrying the torch. Yes. It can be hard to play old games. Especially when you, like, love them. Yes. Yes. And that's going to be my challenge over the next few weeks with Mega Man. But it will not be the issue if they brought Battle Network back. Oh, no, not at all. You would be surprised. I watched a a video, like, review of a guy going over Battle Network for the first time. uh, And it's not a (laughs) mechanically Uh. sound game. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. That it would, it would, it would it. one that would uh, benefit greatly from an autosave. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. That's fair. Man. All right. A lot of good games this week. A lot of good gaming this week. I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah. I, I'm kind of sad I didn't play anything on my Switch, but... Um, well, I'm exclusively playing my Switch right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you're picking up the slack. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah, Bloodborne. It's really jacked me up. That's all I want to talk about, but I'm, I promise the rest of the podcast won't be about that. We're going to talk about some other fun stuff. Um, so with that, we're going to go into our break, and we'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Hopefully during that short break, you were looking at your social medias and thinking, man, I want to follow these funny, nice people on the social media. And so you looked up at Suplex the Sticks on all of them, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, your favorite podcatcher, the one you're using to listen to this on, the one you're not using to listen to this on, and you're also reviewing us on those platforms. That would be greatly appreciated. Um Anything you do helps us, and also, you know, listening to this helps. So we appreciate your support every week. And with that, let's get into the news, because there was some weird, fun, good news that happened this past week. None of it was a Nintendo Direct besides the Animal Crossing Direct, which we decided not to record a mini-episode about. Because it was a lot of stuff, but it wasn't, like, groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, Seth, what did you think of the Direct? Uh, it was very charming. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, it, to sum it up in one word, that's that's perfect. Yeah. It was very charming. I mean, you know, that's the... What else do we need to say? Yeah. <laughs> I... Kind of the, the, the style by which Animal Crossing lives. And I love it. 
I think I think the game is going to last with me a lot longer this time because you can terraform your island and that just seems so awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I, that's definitely the big new thing. Yeah. I love oh, see so I was wrong in my prediction and I was kind of happy about it because I was wrong in my prediction that there has to be more to it than just this island. And it's because the island becomes the something more. It eventually becomes civilization. Yeah. And that is so neat and fun to me. Like, you eventually get a museum. You eventually, like, in my head, I was like, man, it's going to be kind of boring. Like, you're just going to have an island and some people living on it. Like, you're not going to have the museum or any of that stuff. No, your island becomes like a real place, yeah. like, a, like a small city. Yeah. So that's going to be super cool. I'm very, huh, I'm very excited about this game. And I was, I'm more excited now than I was before. That's fair. So have you seen some of the new characters that can come to your island, Seth? Yeah. Um, it's so hard, like, they're new characters, but it's so hard to, like, remember what... <laughs> how specifically different the old ones were that, you know, they basically all kind of looked new to me all the time. Yeah. Because certainly well, I didn't, I haven't experienced all of the individual characters from, right. From the other games, but I do but, like that, uh, chameleon guy. I, I wish I knew the name of the terrifying, like clown one. Like, yeah, did you see that? I know exactly. I'm not about that doing. one. No, not at that, all. It's a new one, and I'm not about its face. Nope. Don't, not okay. You're, not, don't want to mess with it. If you come to my island, I'm going to find the Yo, fastest way to, way to get, get you, you off. off. <laughs> Goodbye. You're not welcome here. No clowns. No clowns allowed. Yeah, no clowns. Hashtag no clowns. Hashtag no, no clowns. clowns. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. Although I do want to point out, because we, Seth had Seth has discussed this with me privately. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but the PAX booth at PAX East is all Animal Crossing, like it's a giant interactive Animal Crossing booth, which is really cool and charming. But what the heck is Nintendo releasing this year? If Animal Crossing. <laughs> And That's Pokemon it. expansions. They're just going to re-release it. it every month. Just new DLC for Animal Crossing every month. You know what? And then every other couple of months, we might get a new Smash character. More power to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I would hate that. <laughs> I need more. But I'm glad Animal Crossing is finally coming out. Because, I mean, the other day at GameStop, someone, the wo- the the nice woman behind the counter asked me um would you like to pre-order anything and at this GameStop, i do like to support it because my friend is actually the manager and so i'm i always try to pre-order something when i make a transaction there and there's just nothing there's nothing i'm like hype about it's i've pre-ordered final fantasy i've pre-ordered animal crossing i i'm kind of out yeah i'm tapped I don't know until later this year until like way later this year. Yeah. And so just games. We need games. I, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> nice cause I don't feel pressure to hurry up and finish bloodborne because yeah, you got time. I've got time, but at the same time, it's like, man, 
there should be something coming out or there should be like a slate I should be looking forward to. And it's kind of weird that we don't have that. That's right. It is yeah. a bit of a mystery for sure. I'm still just amazed that Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal are going to come out on the same day. And I will say now, I am that guy who pre-ordered both of them. And I'm going to be playing both of them that day. Nice. Yeah. They're the two extremes of my personality. How nice. Yeah. How quaint. (laughs) Yeah, Animal Crossing. It's going to be good. I forgot to put that in our run of show, but I remember that it happened. And it was so pleasant and good. It's going to be a fun game. Very excited to visit my friend's island and stuff. Yeah. Animal Crossing makes me happy and at peace in a way that nothing else ever has in my life. And it's really weird to say that. So up to eight people. Eight people in Animal Crossing. Yeah. In the multiplayer. Yep. So I'm excited to get a little Animal Crossing party. A little mayhem going on. Yeah. So, all right, Seth, Cyber, yes. CD Projekt Red. That's decided. not Projekt. It is. I've heard it both it ways. Is. Project they, Projekt. They say it in the... Uh, tomato, tomato. The, the last interview I read, or I, I listened to it, Jason Schreier, I'm pretty sure they said it that way. Mm, well, pretty they were sure. lying. <laughs> they, they work there, but... Well, um, look... The guy uh, who came up with the GIF format doesn't even know how to say his own thing, so that's true. People can be wrong. Um, so Emma pointed out this is one of the good things about listening to us live on Discord. You can call um, us out on the spot. Yeah the uh, the <laughs> the name of the animal in Animal Crossing is Pietro, Pietro. and you oh. can't trust Pietro. Get that him off a, your island. Pietro is a clown name. Pietro is a clown name. Get out. Um, so let's talk about cyberpunk 2077. Um, and we'll kind of lump this in with some of the next gen stuff that was announced, but they announced that you will get a free upgrade to the Xbox series X version at no charge. Um, which they also kind of came out and said, I thought before that there was not going to be next gen versions of the game. Yeah. So that's also kind of confusing. It's a weird rollback. Um, I also feel like saying if if the Xbox version is getting an upgrade, I feel like the PlayStation version will as well. So this is where we don't know if that's true, yes. and I'll explain why. Because, um, Seth, did you read the specs for the new Xbox Series X? Uh, yeah, I saw the little blurb that they put out there. Yeah, so... It's kind of like boring stuff, like 12 teraflops, which doesn't mean too much. You know, um, the cool thing is up to 120 frames per second, ray tracing, all the buzzwords for, you know, gaming. But the two things that really stood out to me, A, is quick resume for multiple games. So multiple games will be able to be picked up right from where they left off. Great. 10 out of 10. I'm all about that. It's going to be great. So I don't have to deal with as much loading times in Destiny 2 if I decide to play that again. Or like Apex freaking itself out when I go back to it. Um, Also this thing called Smart Delivery. Which is why I think the Project Red thing is going to work the way it is. So Smart Delivery, the system will look at your game that you're playing 
and then deliver to you the best version possible of it. So like it will it will see that you're playing. I I can't fully understand how this works, but like it'll see that you're playing you know Cyberpunk 2077 and you're playing it on an Xbox Series X so it can handle this sort of performance and it'll download the package and stuff for you to play it at that high of a detail. So like it's it sounds like it's self-optimizing yes, for your console. Correct. Okay. That's cool. Yes, it's very cool. But it's also really crazy. It's how they're yes. going to get away with the whole you don't have to buy the new console right away. Yeah. So it's going to be neat. I Seth, is this going to make you like maybe not upgrade right away? I'm curious, just because I think that this gives you the option that you don't have to. Like um, your Xbox is still good. Yeah. Well, that they had made that clear beforehand that they were like the whole idea is that. This is just a new model of Xbox rather than a new console. Um, so I don't think that this will influence my decision either way to upgrade or not upgrade. Um, because like they had are it's it's already been made clear that at least for a while the games they put out will work throughout the, the whole right. uh, family of consoles. Yeah. I am a snob, and so <laughs> I will probably upgrade, like, right away. I'm one of those people, and I'm fine with it. That's fair. I would like to. I already have, like, enough space on my cards cleared off. I'm ready for whenever I can pre-order it. Nice. I'm ready. So, very excited. But the smart delivery stuff is great. I'm, so, I'm just so happy that something like that exists. Because it's, it's going to be interesting because interesting that's going to go forward. You know, they're going to come out. I would imagine Xbox now or Microsoft is going to come out with a new console every two to three years. Because they'll just keep pushing out upgrades. They yeah. can handle better stuff. and I can't imagine that at all. You can't? I don't think that uh, the technology or the, or rather the... Um, cheaply available technology will be able to will increase at that rate. Fair. I I don't think it'll be specific like upgrades like it is between the the Xbox One and the Series X, but maybe like like kind of offshoots almost of like different model types like a high range, mid range, and low range pricing, um, with different um different things under the hood, you know, that make it run. Well, they already have that. Yes, but I mean, like, I think that's what I think that's going to be coming out on a fairly consistent basis with the Series X. Yeah, I think they're pushing toward towards like, and this everyone's saying it. They're pushing towards like a phone upgrade. Yeah, like every year there's going to be, it's not going to be huge pushes, but it'll be incremental updates. Yeah, um, I just, uh, I don't think that. I don't think that could ever work because. Uh, Game consoles are not as ubiquitous as phones, and they also don't carry as much of a um, like the the intersection of what phones do for a person in their life is like the the 
an a video game console that is tethered to a TV will never uh, be able to reach that. Um, I, I, I just, I, I mean, maybe, that. maybe you, maybe that is what they are attempting to do, but it to me does not seem like a feasible thing, especially if the enhancements are not going to be all that um, substantial. Yeah. Yeah, and you also got to think of shelf space for real ta- retailers. Yeah. Like, I I guess I didn't take that into account until you were talking about, like, what are you going to do as a retailer? Have, like, th- five, six different types of Xboxes on the shelf. Like, that's not feasible. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It'll be interesting, though. I'm excited. But smart delivery is neat, and yeah. I, I like it. Um, So... Seth, I th- oh. not to uh, b- before we move on. I, I guess I I sort of get your excitement about smart delivery, but they're basically just applying a catchphrase to something they were already doing. I mean, like literally Xbox One X had this um, games that had Xbox One and X X enhancements. Um, you could get them. And the ones that didn't have them, or even if they did have them, you just wouldn't have them on original Xbox ones. Um, so it's not like this is some kind of revolutionary feature. Um, yeah. All right. I and and the onus is still on developers to even enable this. So that's true. I'm still interested to see because it it seems like it seems like something more, but I could be wrong. Um, let's talk about this new Platinum Games game, Seth. Yes. The, uh, what is it called? It's Project, not really even got a name yet. No. Project GG. That's the name. Or yeah, at least so that's like the working name. Yeah. It is Platinum's first legitimately like self-published, uh, title. Um, and it appears to be a um, giant robot fighting kaiju game. And it's going to be sick. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it looks very cool. I mean, they didn't even get... They, the, the concept, to me, is very cool. They didn't yeah. um, actually give us any gameplay. No. But um, it seems to be sort of following in the... I mean, they they specifically said it was part of the plot, the the hero of Hideki Kamiya's hero tr- trilogy, which includes Beautiful Joe and the Wonderful One Hundred and One, um, and it seems to be like they are utilizing some of those gigantic monster and giant open world battles that um, Bloodborne promised us. Or not Bloodborne. What is that thing called? Scalebound. God, these names. They're just you just <laughs> take two words and you cram them together. It's the nineties all over again. Yeah, but um <laughs> Scalebound, baby. It's it's Rest in peace. coming back in a weird and way. <laughs> according according to Kamiya, uh the genre the title falls into is the something something strand? action something something genre. <laughs> like that's a, a that's the quote. No. Oh, I just something, said something, said. action, something, 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 action, something, something. Okay. 
I mean, that's, I'm in for that. That's the genre. I trust him. It, uh, it looks it looks cool. And the <laughs> the <laughs> the um the YouTube thumbnail. It's this thing. It says Platinum maintains its luster forever, and the giant <laughs> robot that they have is presumably covered in platinum. It's 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 great. It's very much. Oh, it's very good. over the top. Um, it's it's got this uh like Sentai um like the Megazord fighting this yeah. monsters from Rita vibe. I'm I'm very excited for it. Love it. It's gonna be good. Yeah. I am, yeah, I'm a big fan of kaiju type stuff and all that, so give it to me. I'm a fan of something something action, something something genre games. Yeah, that's a great genre. (laughs) It's right up there with the strange genre. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, Along with Platinum, Wonderful 101 did announce to, or Platinum announced that it gets a non-Kickstarter-based release. The 101 themselves announced when they were coming. Oh, did they? No, I was joking. Darn. Uh, But it's May 19th in North America. And it's like every other day in another country. Uh, But it starts in America. Nice. So May 19th, if you did not get in on the Kickstarter, which I think is still going. so I hope so, because... I want to back it. I've yeah. never backed a Kickstarter before, but I will I will represent the 101 since I didn't get to back in the Wii U days. Oh, that's, never backed a Kickstarter. No. Nope. Seth, have you ever backed a Kickstarter? I don't believe so. Hmm. I have once. That was interesting. Yeah. It was for a board game. Yeah. But it wasn't a video game. Yeah. The only other vi- the only other game that I Backed on Kickstarter, never got made, and that was Human Resources. It was a RTS game where <laughs> okay. you were monsters, and the <laughs> the like supply units and stuff you used to make more monsters were corporate buildings that you oh. fed off the monsters. They were literally human resources. It was nice, great. dumb. It was a dumb concept, but I loved I it. I like and it. That's so good. It, it didn't get funded. <laughs> I was real sad about That's it. It's a shame. Um, so let's let's talk about the PS Plus games and the Xbox games with gold because they both feature our favorite blue hedgehog that uh, had a successful movie. You mean it's still Ricky? Ricky the Hedgehog? <laughs> no, not Ricky. Oh well, he's my favorite blue hedgehog. Oh okay, it's Sonic. Sonic. Oh yeah, he's good too. Um, uh, so the PS plus games has shadow of the Colossus, the HD, the, the full remake one of a famous Sonic game and Sonic forces, which I was always kind of interested to play cause you make your own character. Yeah. And so we'll see about that. Maybe I'll play that one. I mean, I will cause it's free, but did you know that shadow of the Colossus is secretly a shadow of the hedgehog sequel? Ooh. Yeah. I heard that. I'd heard that before. Yep. It's uh Are you sure that Shadow of the Colossus came out after the Shadow of the Hedgehog game? <laughs> like in my head I'm trying to wrap yeah, that up. Yeah, I'm trying like, to I'm trying to around. think of the timeline around here right now. 
It actually, there's a zero percent chance that it did. <laughs> but that's that. That just shows you the foresight the developers were working with. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yep, exactly. They were making the sequel before the first one even came out. Man, <laughs> Shadow, that game was something. Um, but yeah, Sonic Forces. None of us have played it. I don't think. No. And I, I'm interested to play it. But uh, the Xbox games with gold comes with Sonic Generations. This great time game, Woo. which is a Love great it. game. It's yes. It's basically what Sonic Forces was trying to be a second time, but failed. Yeah. Did you? You didn't play Sonic Forces, did you, Seth? No. Oh, but okay. that doesn't mean I don't know that it failed. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, oh no, we know it failed. Um, but yeah, Sonic Generations. I remember when you told me to play it, Seth. I genuinely thought it was going to be so bad. And then nah. you like you were adamant with me, like, David, you need to play this game. Yeah, it was, it's it was very so good. good. Yeah. It's the best uh, 3D Sonic game, um, which is, you know, kind of telling, considering Yeah, it's about all <laughs> games. But, yeah. you know. It's it's a cool game and it's 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 interesting to play through it and see sort of the devolution of Sonic gameplay into the mess that it is now. Yeah. Um so with that I want to end our show on a interesting little conversation because the one of the I believe story or developers um, people from mass effect was tweeting the other day and mentioned that um, 92% of people played through mass effect as Paragon, which is if you didn't know good guys uh, or the light side and only 8% played as renegade, which is bad people. Um, And so it's just so crazy to me that only 8% of people that played this game saw all this work that people made, like all this work that people did to show two sides in a video game. And an overwhelming majority of people just never saw that content, never looked at it, never bothered to see it. And like all this work that went into it. And I, it made me kind of sad for the developers because yeah. they could see these stats and just be like, oh no, like no one's playing as a bad guy. <laughs> and we did all this work for no reason almost. Um, so it made me wonder, A, how you guys feel about that, but B, how do you usually, pl- what what morality do you usually play in video games? Like when you're given a choice. Yeah. Um. Seth, do you want to do you want to start off? Well, I as I've said before, I have no interest in the Mass Effect games. Um right. so uh I don't really have any opinion either way on like the specific statistics of people playing this game. Though, uh it is not that surprising to me. Um it's the thing about playing bad guys in video games is that um so i I remember a time uh i I was at my parents house and i was playing uh infamous i think the first one 
Um, nice. It might have been the second one. Um, and I was going around just like killing innocent people. Um, <laughs> Gosh. Because I was like, oh, I want to be a bad guy. And I remember my dad walked by. He's like, why are you doing that? And I was like, oh, well, I'm <laughs> I trying to be a bad guy. This. And he was like, why would you want to do that? And then I thought of it and I was like, you know, he's kind of right. Yeah. Um, the thing about about games, and we don't usually, like, morality choices in games today tend to be a bit more nuanced. Um, but a game like Mass Effect is just kind of... Uh, you're either one or the other, and actions you take sort of... You have, like, a sliding scale, and different actions point you in one direction or the other. Um, but the problem is that there in the story there is generally no appreciable difference to the story if you choose the good... the quote-unquote good path or the quote-unquote bad path. Um... Oftentimes the bad path is not even actually bad. Um, you're more just like a jerk. Uh, of course, certainly in like the 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 example I use with Infamous is I was very clearly a bad guy because I was killing random people. Um, but at the same time, the problem with that is you are still in that same scenario, a ostensible superhero who is trying to save the city. Right. Um, and so there's this, like, what you are doing doesn't really, a lot of times, gel with what is actually happening within the context of the game. And you also have to, oft a lot of times, like, go out of your way to do bad things, to increase this scale, to go into the, the bad zone. Yeah. Um and it's just, like, it has never been, like, a satisfying way to play the game for me. Like, there's nothing natural about it when I play games to choose the evil side. Unless, like, I've, I mean, maybe if I've played the game before. Like, Undertale is one that there is an explicit, like, evil course that you can go through the game. Um, and every, it's, everything in the game is, like, telling you not to do it. Um, and so it's, like, you have to make these conscious choices to do these kind of despicable things. And there's not really any, to me, there's nothing satisfying about doing that. Even as, in, in the mind of, like, a, a, a completionist, um, like, it's still hard to force myself to do something that I don't want to do just to experience this other stuff that they did. Like, it's unfortunate for them to have made all of this unique stuff, but the problem is if it was, if people liked doing that stuff, then they would have experienced it. Yeah, um, that's fair. And there's not really any, I at least have never found any, um, reason to go down those paths in video games um certainly like i said there are games now though where all of the like these choices exist in more gray areas 
uh, and oftentimes, like both of the choices are. Yeah, I think I I was more coming from the not like just specifically for Mass Effect, just like it's kind of a bummer that all these dev resources are put towards something that you know not a lot of people see. Yeah. Or like you know, I'm sure a lot of crunch was put into because Bioware's famous for that to finish the storyline that like maybe three percent of people touched. You know, like it's it's kind of sad on a level but it you know if you're giving people a choice you run the risk of that happening yeah you know um i'm i'm kind of wondering how they were counting these statistics because they say mass effect like does that mean the series as a whole or is it just like one specific game um are they counting just people's first playthroughs or are they counting like all playthroughs that were able to have information sent online um, it it seems very vague, and it's not yeah. that I don't trust it. I just I want to know the process. You know, like how 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 are they deciding that this is what it is? You know, um, but stepping away from that, um, I I always played. So my first playthrough of a Mass Effect game would be a pretty neutral, um, on the morality scale, just because. You can't in one in your first playthrough of any of them. I never was able to get either full Paragon or full Renegade, so I would do a neutral playthrough at first, and then my second playthrough would usually be full Paragon, and then my third playthrough would be full Renegade, and then I'd just do other playthroughs from there for like gameplay experimentation. But so like I I was able to see what all of those sides had to offer, um, and I. And I know talking with a bunch of my friends, especially like back in high school when we were playing through Mass Effect, we all we always ended up talking about the Renegade options more than like Paragon because like the Renegade ones just stick with you, I would say, a lot more clearly in your mind. Um, one of the most famous ones that I can think of is there's that one reporter who's pretty much like a, a tabloid journalist on the uh, on the Citadel in Mass Effect. I can't ever remember her name. But the renegade option, like, when she's interviewing you, is you can just straight up punch her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's it's a horrible thing to do. But, like, as a renegade soldier, like, you, like, the renegade option is very brash and straightforward and, like, selfish. And sometimes it's kind of fun being that. Because, like, I never saw a Paragon and Renegade as like good and evil, but more like selfless and selfish, you know? Cause like Seth was bringing up earlier, like the actions you're making as a character aren't, aren't really steering the story away from what the base story already is. You know, like the, the underlying story is still happening. It doesn't matter. Like in Mass Effect one, it doesn't matter if you're Paragon or Renegade Saren is still going to die at the end of the game and you're still going to save the Citadel, you know? Whoa, big spoilers. I don't, know, I don't know anything about that game, so it doesn't really? matter. No, Mass Effect's not my deal. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was just joking. Okay. Well, spoilers for an over 10-year-old game. You can yell at me if you want, but like the 
as someone who's had experience with those all those morality playthroughs, the underlying story is still the same. So like, Paragon and Renegade is less good and evil, and more just like attitude and like personality shift as opposed to morality. Instead of like murdering people with your lightning powers like Seth was. Yeah. <laughs> Which, dang, Seth, I never did that. That's wild. Yeah, and that's the thing about Infamous that I like. Is <laughs> well, that it's so the like it's otherwise very hard to get get the the evil stuff. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I wanted that red lightning, but then I realized it wasn't worth it. I was not happy that your in Infamous Two, your second power was locked behind a morality choice. Ooh, spoilers. Yeah. I and there is, if yet. you play the game, <laughs> if you complete the game all the way through doing, like, if you have a, a hero completion and a villain completion, you can then do a third playthrough where you can have both of those powers. Yeah. Ooh. I need to... But, of course, like, who's going to do that? I will. Seth, did you ever play Infamous Second Son? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I didn't remember you having a PS4 around then, but, man. That game is special. Um, but, yeah, morality in games. Let us know what you play as. Do you Are you a good person or a bad person in games? Are you, like, chaotic evil or, you know, whatever one of those people? I know, I know a ton of people that are crazy in video games. They just <laughs> decide to see what they can break and, like, just be insane. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the games themselves sometimes are insane. I suggest looking up, uh, there's just this video on Kotaku posted it the other day of an NPC going rogue and murdering someone in Red Dead, but it was a f- designed to be friendly NPC, but it was like a glitch. It's weird. Hmm. It's a straight up Westworld type thing. The AI <laughs> was finding itself. But video games, they make you think about things differently sometimes. So Sometimes. Sometimes. Occasionally. Occasionally. Um, also, while you have the chance right now, I know this is Seth's favorite game uh, and our favorite thing to talk about, but Bioshock Infinite and the Bioshock Collection are on PS Plus. So oh, nice. if you have PlayStation Plus, go get Bioshock. I thought about playing through uh, Infinite again, but I didn't want to fight with Seth. So um, with that, thank you for listening. Seth, do you have any, do you want to use your powers at all? I was oh, have to you gotta stop option. asking me this, dude. It's getting annoying. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll stop. I'll let you decide when, if you're going to use it or not. Yeah, when on your you own. use it. Um Forrest, is there anything else you wanted to say? Um uh quick thing, there there was a trailer for a new Samurai Jack game that got oh, announced. Oh yeah. Uh I won't talk about it at too much, but just like go look at it. It looks interesting. It looks like a licensed video game. Yeah, except yeah, like visually not not a not my favorite choice with what is a strike a visually striking uh show. Yeah. Uh for me personally, like I probably would have gone with a side scrolling and then like Mega Man Zero style action for the game, but like this looks very fluid though. It's a three D action game and it just looks very fluid and I want to get my hands on it. So, yeah, go check out that trailer. It's really short. Maybe see if you like it. All right. 
you know, if you want to get your hands on some fluidity, you can just like go to the a sink and turn it on. <laughs> you know true. what? I'm going to do that right after this. Right. <laughs> just run my hands under the water. Yeah. There you go. He can do it. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> thank you for listening. We appreciate all the support as always. And we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. See you. Hey, you. All right, good. You know that you can buy a bag of bacon from Dunkin' Donuts now? What? What? Yep. Why? I mean... Is this bacon? People like it? Yeah, but, like, just go get your own bacon. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. I know, but, like... No, what I mean is, like, okay. I, I guess before I start getting into this... Do we know what the pricing for it is and how much is there? Mm. Starting today, snack and bacon will be available at Dunkin' Restaurants. It's just like it sounds. Eight half strips of bacon wrapped in a sleeve. There you go. So like four pieces of bacon. Shoot. Here at Dunkin', we've been working hard to formulate the perfect afternoon pick-me-up. And really, what's better than a bag full of bacon, the company said in the blog post. Okay. Oh, it's high-end bacon that's been smoked with natural cherry wood, then treated to a sweet and savory blend of brown sugar and black pepper seasoning. Oh. Ooh, Chris Jericho is bloody. What? That has nothing Um, to do with bacon. No, it doesn't. I don't even know where the nearest Dunkin' Donuts is to me. With its classic flavors featured in everything from toothpaste to vodka, bacon is a phenomenon. (laughs) But at Dunkin', we believe the best way to enjoy bacon is simple. Eat it. What? Okay. Sure. That's fair. I agree. That's the way to eat. That is. (laughs) The way to eat bacon is Is to eat it. Yeah. This is suplex the cuisine. Suplex the, the snacks. Ooh, yeah. yes. You yes. got it. Oh, yeah. Wait till I go and review that donut KFC <laughs> bullcrap. Suplex the KFC? snacks. Have you? Okay, since you haven't heard of that, you have to Google it. Google oh, donut. donut KFC. Donut KFC sandwich. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> the- Oh, Lord. Yeah. Chicken and donuts. You know, the classic pairing of chicken and donuts. Oh, boy. Haven't you ever eaten some fried chicken and thought, man, I want a donut to go with this? The answer is that KFC knows you have wanted it. Oh, yeah. God. And they're giving it to you. KFC knows exactly what you want. (laughs) I I I want. What kind of donut is it? I want the kernel for this specific meal to be Eddie Murphy in a clump costume. Just the now, most is it, giant... is it what? served as two strips of chicken with a donut, or is it always in sandwich form? Because so here's the, uh, here's the thing, Seth. The commercial points out that you can order it either way. We got options <laughs> you here, You got baby. options. 
You want your chicken? You know what option they don't give you? To put the chicken tender through the donut hole oh my and gosh. eat it like that. Yeah. There's no, you can't really eat it like that, though. There's no angle from that where you can get donut and it's chicken. It's the fourth dimensional <laughs> meal, baby. you you got to figure a way. Imagine skewering a bunch of donuts with a chicken strip. Mm. <laughs> or that one chicken horrible. strip with multiple donuts. <laughs> Like it's a, like it's a, like it's a one of those like hot dogs wrapped in, but it's donuts around. The problem Mm. is we're giving them ideas right now because the colonel is listening. Oh, the colonel is always always listening. listening. Of course, have you seen those comics about the colonels of the multiverse? No, I haven't. They, They were free comics put out by DC. Colonel Sanders. Alan Moore just straight up <laughs> writing about multiverse colonels. That's great. That would be great. But Alan Moore. What's next for the colonel? He's going to fry God. <laughs> no, that's and something Grant Morrison would Oh, write. yeah, that is what Grant, yeah, Grant Morrison would be the one frying God. <laughs> With all 11 herbs and spices. Yeah. <laughs> I've collected the 11 herbs and spices. <laughs> Except for him, it'd be 52 herbs and spices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. It goes on a multiversal quest to collect each spice and herb. Man. All right. I play Did that you... game. I play... Yeah. Speaking of games. I would I like play. a yeah, like like a little side scroller like the old Captain Crunch game that I apparently was the only one that played. Never played. Mm. Yeah. Was the one where you time. grew up a crunch where you raised a crunchling. That's great. From a that, baby too. They were called what? They had a name. Yeah, Crunchlings. Crunchlings. Oh, jeez, I missed the marketing push for Captain Crunch. Then yeah. I you ate remember, it a lot when remember I was Remember that time that Burger King put out a bunch of games? Yeah, yeah. They were like launch s- games for the Sneak King, Sneak King, Sneak King, and uh, the other ones, the Cart Racer, and yeah. there's a puzzle one. I think Sneak King was a good game. I maintain that. Let me look up the Burger King video games now. Because that has to be the greatest food tie-in for a video game. I mean, it's got to be the only one. I don't know. There, was, there had to be a Ronald McDonald video game. Google that. There had to be. Ooh, there was Big Bumpin' and Pocket Bike Racer. That's right. Big Bumpin'. God. It's like these were made by the Adult Swim people. Yeah. Yeah, there have been McDonald's video games. Yep. McDonald's I, I Treasureland Adventure, MC Kids, it. Global Gladiators. What else has this developer made McDonald's since? Games. King Games. Nine times fast food companies got into gaming. Twelve there. games that existed just to sell you junk food. Pepsi Man. Yeah, you can't forget about Pepsi Man. Oh, it's not nope. really food. No, but it is junk. Kool-Aid Man for the Atari 2600. Listen, if we're counting Kool-Aid Man, then we have to count Pepsi Man. I guess it's technically... All right, so they were made by Blitz Games. Pepsi and who also developed Who also developed high, high-selling high games such as Epic Mickey 2, mm. uh, iCarly. Uh, a classic. Uh, the Bratz the Movie video game. Well, that's uh, that's some levels to that. Uh, 
I feel like the Fairly Odd Parents video games. All of them. Fusion Frenzy. Okay, these people. What? Oh, they made a t- a Titan AE game that got canceled. Oh, rip. Yeah, rip and Darn. piece that. What if that turned into Sneak King? Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to Fusion Frenzy, man. Oh, I have that downloaded on my Xbox One still. Nice. Because it's on Game Pass. All right, let's let's talk about the news. Oh. Yeah, I guess. We'll record that bumper. Burger time, of course. Burger time. Was that a tie-in or was that just a burger-themed game? I think it was just burger-themed. Mm, gotcha. Is that a picture of the new bathrooms at the... No, no it's not. It's okay. from a Facebook page. That... Yeah. It's people that are probably stand users. There oh. was a Atari 2600 game called Fast Food. Oh. oh, very descriptive. And we all know the the famous cooking tie-in game, Cooking Mama. Of course. Ah, uh, there's a new cool one spot out I saw the other day. There's so many Cooking Mamas. There has to be like a polar bear Coke game too. I think there is. There has to be. Mm, there's a Game Gear game called Coca Cola Kid. Where's where's the video game where you play as Drake and when you're when you're too powered up your skin explodes and then sprite comes out of you? Where's the video game based off those crazy uh Sunny D commercials? Oh or those, yeah, where you Or the Capri Sun commercials where they turn into liquid metal. There it is. Cooking Mama Cookstar will be released on the Switch next month. That's what it was. All right. My cooking mamas. Let's cooking jam. I mean, I guess um, Sunset Overdrive was the video game version of the Sunny D commercials. Or a monster yes. video game. <laughs> no. It was, it was like Five Gum and Sunny D. <laughs> oh, five, five Gum. gum. <laughs> I like that. that. That's good. <laughs> five Gum and Sunny five, D. Five Gum is basically control. Like, <laughs> <laughs> five, five gum that's is, is just that's an frustrating SCP. that that was during the break, but that is five that's gum good. is control. That's, <laughs> oh boy, five gum as a product we is did just it. mass produced SCP. <laughs> it's just the, uh, we did it. We did it. Reddit. We did it. We've peaked. All right. Weird. <laughs> Very weird. Very weird. What a what a thing to think of. <laughs> I mean, I'm what not a, wrong. Yeah, what a genius thing to think <laughs> I'm not of. Not wrong. Oh. 